You're listening to the Stronger Stride podcast with your hosts, Lydia Mackay and Sophie Lane. In my mind, I wanted 50, but I told Mm. everyone and wrote down my goals were to just keep going for the 24 hours and to get more than a marathon. Mm. So I put out to the universe that I just wanted 42Ks, but in my head, I wanted 50. But yeah, there's always, just in case, right? There's always this doubt. What if I tell people I'm, I'm going to get this thing and then I don't get it? And then you feel like you've let it run down. Afternoon. So this is a little bit different to our usual episodes because normally we chat about ourselves for we try and keep it to 10 minutes but <laughs> let's be honest it's at least 15 sometimes longer <laughs> and we always have to chop chop it out a bit but we thought because we love talking about ourselves so much we just do, <laughs> we just do an episode with just us talking oh, about ourselves so I know it's fantastic so no one's coming on it is no. just us um if you've had enough of us already you can, well, check out one of our most recent episodes. Maybe mm. Luke Nelson, chiropractor. Great recommendation. Greg Pearson, the I running coach. Awesome. I mean, there's just so many, obviously. But that is not what we are here to talk about today. What are we here to talk about? We are here to talk about Sophie Lane's oh, ISO Ultra. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So the guest is Sophie Lane. So welcome the to the podcast, seat. Sophie Lane. Thank you. You are officially here to be interviewed. So We're going to um, get to the nitty gritty. We're going to hear the details. We're going to hear all the bits and pieces. Yeah. Look, I'm honoured to be here and, and thank you so much for your time. I've, I've been a long-term listener, um, first-time caller, as Luke, Luke Nelson <laughs> would say. Um, yeah, it feels nice to be in the hot seat. I'm excited for all the really in-depth thought out analysis questions that you're going to come up with to, to ask me. I'm ready. Hit me with one Gosh, I'm nervous. I think we need to start off with just painting the picture. So mm. on our last podcast, we in our intro, we had a little bit of a chit chat about um, Sophie's isolation. Mm. Um, and the one before that, we had a chat about my very uneventful isolation. So right. during my lockdown, I did nothing. I was lazy. Uh, well, also I did some injured. Yeah, also injured. I did some walks and some body weight movements. But, mm. you know, I thought I didn't want to overshadow Sophie Lane. <laughs> You're right. I'm making it about me. Yeah, let me have something. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, Sophie Lane gets into lockdown and what does she do? Blow us all out of the water and decides to run an ultra marathon in her 20 meter backyard with chunky, noisy rocks. And I think that is a really <laughs> key noisy. part of the story because I'd be nervous about disturbing my neighbors. You know? It was a real, it was a real concern, and I did have to adapt the course on the fly. Um, I hadn't thought mm. out really much about the noise factor, um, but as soon as I woke, you know, it's, what's weird? I'm not often awake at midnight, right? When I woke up, I was like, "Gosh, it's really weirdly quiet." Like it just felt quiet. It felt a bit eerie. It felt a bit like spooky. So I realized I couldn't be stomping out there on the big chunky rocks because people are going to be thinking like they're going to hear me and then they're going to look out the window and be like, what's going on? I didn't really want to make a scene, you know, I wanted to be quite And be concerned, probably concerned for your well-being. I mean, <laughs> if I looked looked out my window and yep. saw this poor girl in a UTA shirt looking sweaty, looking hot, I don't know if you were that sweating hot at midnight, but 
clomping along on the chunky oh, rocks. I'd be concerned. Yeah, look, me I, too. And I did. That thought crossed my mind a lot. And there were quite a few people with their lights on in their house and I just kept thinking, when are the police going to turn up and send me to the psych <laughs> ward? Because, like, you, honestly, I did nearly 3,000 laps. So you would imagine after a few, <sighs> you'd be thinking something's really wrong, like what's going on. So basically I had to cut the, the uh, length short. So I was doing probably about three quarters, I'd roughly estimate, of the course which meant I had to do way more turns so from midnight till about 5 a.m when it was dark and people were asleep I did about three quarters of the course kept going for the same duration but did a shorter length so yes in terms of course big chunky rocks and three stairs were kind of my two things to tackle yeah I mean surely there's a lot more that you had to tackle right well in terms but of the course in terms of the course yeah. let's just first do a little summary of the key parts so mm-hmm. tell me so yep. how far did you run in total how long did it take um what was the event structure mm-hmm. and then just really briefly how long did it take you to come with the idea and then we'll then we'll sort of delve into the details of those components but just like in summary yep. 50 words or less <laughs> I don't know how many words yeah. that would be. I won't be counting. Oh, I think you just said 50 with the questions. Um, okay, so all of your questions, I'm going to flip. We're going to start with the idea. I feel like that's the place to start, right? Yeah. Before yeah, we go nice. into the distance. So how it all came about. Like everyone else, stuck in isolation at home. It was yeah. Wednesday night when I found out. So Thursday, I obviously wanted to go for a run like I normally would do, but I didn't want to leave my house because I'd be breaking the law. So... I thought I'd do a few laps in the backyard. So I did a few laps and thought this is really boring, not much fun. But like I wonder how many I could get done because I wanted I I was training, like I was on my program. I wanted to hit my weekly target for my Ks and I was just thinking this is just gonna be an unintentional deload. It, I wasn't ready for a deload. Like I have, you know, I wasn't I didn't need a recovery week. I wasn't at that point in the training cycle. So mm. I wanted to get some stuff done. So I ended up doing three Ks that afternoon. Um it took me half an hour. <laughs> gosh very much not a pb now to set the scene imagine you're starting at one end and it's probably just wider than like a person right like it's just a pathway that's it's not wide right mm. just a little it's hallway, very narrow a corridor for the yeah. first sort of five or six meters and then you turn a slight corner kind of not really corner just a bit of a, a little zigzag up to three stairs and then you go straight down and you've got a wide courtyard so maybe like three or four meters wide yeah gravelly rock, rock so you can do a bit of a u-turn down that end come back around um, so obviously there's a lot of turning. So I'm turning about every 20 meters. And for half of those turns, it was a literal, like a stop turn go again, because there was no mm-hmm. way for me to like do a nice U-turn where I could kind of keep the momentum. So it was pretty much start from a dead stop, run a few steps, stop, run a few steps. So I would be really interested for, for like an elite runner or a decent runner to do it and see how that how they went compared to their normal pace mm. obviously this is way slower than i would normally go but yes I wonder, like how 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 much it would differ for someone who was at a much higher level than mm. me but the change of direction was a huge thing that i i'm not an Oztag player i don't play footy so me changing direction that's not my forte so mm. that slowed me down quite a lot so that that 3k half an hour i was kind of like okay that was a real mental battle real challenge i wonder how far i could go and i was kind of thinking maybe 10Ks, maybe like a half marathon, but thought that was just crazy because I was just already quite bored with that 3Ks. So, oh, I mean, it sounds awful, half an hour and you've only covered the 3Ks and like, so, you know, roughly 10 minutes a K and your normal pace would be like, what, five minute Ks for just like yeah. an easy run. Less so just to give some context in case people yeah. are thinking that Sophie runs at like yeah. seven minute Ks or eight minute Ks, um, but like 
it was significantly slower. And mm. I think anyone can relate to this. Like, you know, you can take your pace and go a little bit slower than normal and it feels quite nice. Mm. But there comes a point when you go that much slower and it just feels hard and awkward and uncomfortable. Um, I don't know if you ever run with someone who's just not your pace and significantly slower. And I have, and I've ended up pulling up sore from like a really short run, but just running way too slow that is comfortable and it changes your rhythm. It changes how your body moves, your biomechanics are off. So it's, it's really hard. I think most people can relate to that, but um, just to sort of give some metric to compare to. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's very useful. Um, so that was the initial idea. And I, I put it out to Instagram. If you're not following at Stronger Stride, all the updates are on there. You can scroll through the hours of content um, but I put it out there and I thought I said I've just done these laps in the backyard wondering what I can do like obviously I've got just less than a week left here I want to get some k's in what does everyone think and so quite a few people sent some suggestions through which I really appreciated so thank you for everyone that did so um, Tyson Chapman posted on my Strava that I should run for 24 hours and see how far I could get now that sounds what an awful comment like who would do that Tyson <laughs> honestly but like very much un- overestimated my ability because for me, I mean, I'm not sure how he imagined it in his head to be structured, but there's no way obviously mm. I could go continuous 24, but um, the idea of just completing some, some sort of task or some sort of distance within 24 hours, I was kind of thinking, okay, we could work with that. Like it was a nice sort of time frame. It was obviously a, a long time, um, but an interesting way to have a challenge. So that the, the time frame I liked from Tyson. Um, and then a few people <laughs> suggested a few other things. So um sorry if I miss anyone but Hannah suggested that I do one hour on and one hour off which it was initially when I spoke to Lydia that was <laughs> going to be the way to go because she was really on board with this we discussed all the other options and she thought this is probably a really good way to do it but after I spoke to Lydia and I thought about it later that night I was just kind of worried about well not worried but I was thinking what am I going to do for the hour between the running mm. like it's not like especially in that night time I would probably just get to sleep and then I'd be waking up again and go again. And then during the day, like I'm just going to be sitting around for an hour waiting to go again. So I just mm. thought it just probably would drag things out. And then also running for an hour out there is just not great either. Yeah. So I thought probably not that way. A few other people suggested though, doing it as a backyard ultra sort of style. So doing a set distance every hour on the hour. So we kind of combined that idea and the hour on hour off and decided to go with 30 minutes on 30 minutes off that seemed a little bit more realistic. It was still a decent amount of time to be running, um, but not too long that when I'm not running, I'm just sitting around bored waiting for the next mm. lap sort of thing. So, yeah. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, talking about, oh, like now it would seem too long to run, but half now is okay. Mm. You sort of wonder how much of it is just how you phrase it in mm. your head. Because when we all know that with endurance sports, a lot of it is just your head. I mean, particularly running. I mean, obviously this is a running podcast, but it's relatively straightforward from a technical perspective. Like most people slash I'd say everyone, as long as you're somewhat healthy, which I guess the average person isn't that healthy, but um, you know, it's a natural movement that our body does. It's not like playing tennis or hockey that like you have to sort of learn the skill, like everyone should be able to have some ability to run. So it does leave just a lot of time to think. Obviously there are technical improvements you can make, injury prevention, et cetera. But just, you know, the way you sort of talk about this would be too long, but this would be about the right amount. It's so interesting because how much of that is just what you sort of set up in your head and decide is acceptable and what isn't acceptable. Mm, yeah, it's a really good point. I think a lot of this, the whole thing was almost all mental. And because mm. I wasn't able to run that fast 
the physicality wasn't really a challenge. Yes, the sleep deprivation mm. and the heat and things, but mm. the fitness or the strength in my legs didn't really matter. So, yeah, a lot of this was mental. And I think it is interesting, like, even just the process of deciding the structure was like kind of like figuring out in my head how it was all going to play out because obviously I've never done anything like that. So was half an hour too long or too short? Was an hour too long, too short? And then setting a distance, I could have chosen a distance, but because of the laps, it just all got a bit confusing. So I thought that was probably kind of a nice, um, I was going to say middle ground, but it makes it sound like less <laughs> of a challenge that way. But it was almost, we're taking a few ideas from different people and sort of combining the two. And Paul Strutt also suggested doing 2Ks on the hour and just doing one extra 2K some point throughout the day, which would get me 50Ks. And as soon mm. as I saw that, I thought, wow, like I could run an ultra in the backyard. Like I, I hadn't even crossed my mind at that point. I thought, I'll just get a few Ks in. I'll be running for a day. Like it's pretty cool. Just I have no idea how long I'll get. But when he sort of laid it out like that and, and it, the fact that it took me, took me half an hour to do 3Ks, I thought, well, if I do my half an hour each hour, then I should definitely get that 50Ks. Mm. Um, so that kind of made me think, oh, like this could be quite interesting actually. And I may end up running the furthest I've ever run. And obviously it's a different structure to running just a continuous 50K. Yeah. Still covering, covering the most distance I have done in 24 hours. So that was quite exciting, I think, and motivating, mm. I guess, because um, I don't know if I, if I could say I was motivated to do it, but I was more just yeah. interested to see how it would feel and how it would all play out. Um, so, yeah, I guess that that's the idea to answer one part of your question. That was <laughs> more than 50 words. Um, oh, my goodness. I was just going to ask on that. With that suggestion, um, do you think you would have come up with a, a bit of a goal? Like would you have sort of mapped out what you might be able to achieve if you didn't have someone say hey what about this and how much do you think having that goal or I don't know if you want to use the word goal because I think you, the, the goal was just to complete it right and I guess we can delve into that but having an actual number how, how much did that affect your capacity to endure and sort of stay hopeful yeah. and, and all those things yeah good question I think it was really useful because I think if there was no number or metric yes I would have kept going for the half an hour each time but I found it really uh, I guess, yeah, I guess motivating is probably the word, but each time I would come back in after half an hour, I'd check off on the list and I'd know, mm. okay, I've done more than 2K, so I can kind of relax. I'm not trying to make up distance or make up time um, because I knew I could kind of get that, that set limit. And I didn't want to get too caught up in the number because it wasn't really about that. It was just more about enduring for that amount of time. Um, mm. But I think the number just helped me to stay on track more than anything because I think, I'm not sure, I, I had said, um, when Hannah suggested the hour on hour, hour off, I said, like, I, I think that's probably quite a lot, but I could always just walk a bit. And I, in my mind, I just thought if I, if I can't run, I can walk. Like there's mm-hmm. that phrase, you can't run, walk, you can't walk, crawl, whatever. <laughs> so I just thought as long as I keep moving, like, yeah, fine. I'm not fussed if what my pace is, anything like that. Um, but I'm pleased to say I didn't walk at all. And I think part of that was because of having that distance in mind. And I thought, oh, if I stop and walk, then I'm probably going to come up a little bit short and be behind on where I want to be and I really want to hit this target because as soon as I heard 50 I just thought okay like I just would love 50 but it's such a good number isn't it it is is a great number but it's interesting like mentioning the psychology behind it in my mind I wanted 50 but I told Mm. everyone and wrote down my goals were to just keep going for the 24 hours and to get more than a marathon Mm. so I put out to the universe that I just wanted 42ks but in my head I wanted 50 but yeah just in case right there's always this doubt what if I tell people I'm going to get this thing and then I don't get it so you almost Mm. set the bar a bit lower to what you tell people and I think it's similar like when we've done races in the past um just like 10k fun runs and things like that 
you'll often bef- talk to someone beforehand and they'll say, oh, like, you know, I, you know, I just want under an hour. I'd be happy with mm. and then Oh, go, I've been sick the last yeah, week. Like, oh, I did a heel session yesterday. Just yes. really random. Exactly. And they'll say, they'll just be happy with an hour, which is like totally fine. And then they come back and run 50 minutes or whatever it is. Mm. And they're like so surprised, but in their mind, they probably, that's what they were wanting the whole time, but they just yeah. didn't want to say it in case they didn't get it. So that was quite an interesting thing to sort of realize and be aware of, I guess. So is that an ego issue? Like, have you asked yourself some deeper questions on what it means? Um, I mean, I think you're somewhat transparent with what you post on Strava and, you know, you're comfortable in who you are as Mm. an endurance athlete. Did did you have to ask yourself or did you have you thought about that? Yeah. I haven't thought about until now that we just mentioned it. I think I was always aware of the fact that I wanted to do a little bit more than I told everyone I would, mm. but I hadn't really thought about why yeah. I, I didn't just put it out there. But I think as it went on, it became more like initially, I didn't think anyone would care at all. I didn't think like, I thought, you know, you might check in and see how I was going. I thought <laughs> my mom and Zach might sort of. And I didn't do a good job. You weren't great, but, but I didn't <laughs> think anyone else would, anyone else would care. But mm. then like there was a little bit of build up, and, and people were kind of getting excited by the idea. So I think, I felt a little bit of pressure because I thought, okay, there's quite a few, well, there's a couple of people watching. There's a couple of people messaging. They want to know what I'm doing. They want to know what's happening. So if I tell everyone I'm going to run 50Ks and then I don't do it, I don't want to seem like a failure, yeah. right? Like, I yeah. like, No one wants to fail and not publicly, right? No, that's it. Yeah. So I think that was what it was. I think I was, um, yeah, I guess nervous about letting people down more mm. so than myself, just like not wanting them to, or making myself think I'm this amazing athlete doing this crazy thing and then not getting it. Yeah. I didn't want to, yeah, I guess I just didn't want people to, to see me like that. Yeah. Mm, it's very interesting. Mm. And I guess there's only so much that, you know, you, it's worth analyzing that because mm. I guess, you know, you just got to get out there and do it. Right. Mm. And it's not a format that has been done before. So to set goals is, is really hard. Mm. So there, obviously there's an element of, feeling like not wanting to let people down or be embarrassed to be seen as a failure but also it is quite an unknown thing um, and that's the next thing that I wanted to ask you about how how did you go with it being such a big unknown because I think particularly in the endurance space I feel like I, I use that phrase a lot but uh, this this will make sense just you wait so within the endurance space the unknown is really scary but I think it is what excites and motivates and really sort of pushes people to enter the next crazy event and it's almost like a bit of a slippery slope like you do your first 22k and then you do your first marathon and then like 50k and then you just want to do the next thing Mm. and I think the element of the unknown is the most terrifying and almost hard part and at least I can reflect on my experience with UTA it was just such a big deal to run 50ks and then the next time we did it it was like 53ks and I was like oh yeah, that's fine. And then we did it again. And it was like, oh, yeah, so I can do 50K. And I wasn't worried about it. But it's interesting because it was potentially still just as physically challenging. I mean, obviously lots of different factors um, and the context is important too. But doing something that is just a, a real unknown, do you see that as the biggest challenge or sort of just on par with, I guess, the physical element of it? Mm, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't think it was the biggest challenge. I think it was almost a blessing or a positive thing because I just had no idea what I was in for. So Mm. I didn't know how much I was going to suffer. I didn't know how much it was going to suck. Like 
I just thought, oh, well, I can run for half an hour and I can run for half an hour a few times in a row. So like, surely I can just keep doing that. Like I didn't really think much more of it. I didn't really consider anything else, any of the other factors. I just thought, well, I can run for half an hour. So like, it's just half, like, it's three k's <laughs> an hour. Like that's just nothing. Like, and it's so slow and it's just like, I've got my house, I've got my shower and my food, my fridge, like it's comfortable. Like there's no, the mm. only real unknown was just the the sheer duration of it because obviously yeah. the runs that we've done before, I can't even remember how long UTA took me, but I don't know. What was it? How long? Eight hours? Yeah, Nine around hours. that. Something like, like that. that. Yeah. So not 24, right? So I've never done anything for that long. Even the backyard ultra we did, I only did about six or seven laps or something. So I've never actually done anything where I've had to stay awake or miss out on sleep from. So I think that was more of the unknown, but I just had no idea how it felt and how it would feel. And I think it was probably better that way. If I was to do this again next week, I think I would dread it more and probably enjoy mm. it less because I know, oh my yeah. gosh, this is how it feels like whereas every other like every hour I was like oh cool like it's a new lap like this will be interesting see how this one feels because I just had no idea so I think it was a it was a good thing that I didn't know how, mm. what was going to happen so it was a lot harder than you anticipated yeah yeah <laughs> way harder I mean I didn't I again I didn't know how hard I had no like oh it's going to be this hard or compare it to anything but it was those that it, it was a real roller coaster right so like there were some really good times and there were some really not good times um, and it just came in, it came in waves. So like I was on such a high and then I just sort of crashed and then that would happen again mm. sort of throughout the day. So it kind of happened in cycles. So that first, the dark midnight section. So from midnight till about 5am, not running on the rocks so doing that shorter course, doing pizza <laughs> laps, it's pitch black. No one was awake to talk to. So it was literally just me. There was, uh, oh no, sorry. My grandma in the UK. Oh, granny. Lovely. Um, but apart from that, I didn't have anyone sort of messaging. No one was like checking the Insta stories, the updates, any of that. So it was just me and the concrete and in the darkness. And I don't often run in pitch black. So even just that on its own was really strange. Um, and I just at that point had no idea what was going to happen or if it was even going to be worth it or if I was even going to finish it. So that was like mentally really hard, really hard, but also the lack of sleep at that point. Mm. So I had planned to sleep in between laps because after speaking to Chris Murphy on our podcast the other week, he said that in between his backyard ultra laps, he'd just sit down five minutes, close his eyes, has, have a sleep, go again. <sighs> and speaking to Melissa, when she would do her extreme ultra runs, she would set a timer for a minute, have a sleep, go again. So I just thought, okay, like if, if they can do it, like I can just sleep. Like it can't be that complicated. Like I'm a great sleeper. I sleep all night. That's fine. Comparing yourself to like record holders. Well, in terms of their sleeping ability, not their running yeah. ability. <laughs> I know, but like, I mean, they've done it a million times. I guess no. it's, it's just, a, it's a real practice thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, speaking on that, I was listening to another podcast, Rich Roll, our mm. competition, direct competition. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rich Roll. Yeah, he checks our stats all the time. Yeah. We're uh, neck and neck. Interviewed Harvey Lewis, who did the backyard ultra with Chris. Um, he's a very, like, very high level ultra endurance athlete. And he was saying, I think he must work at a school or something, because he was saying on his lunch breaks, he would go into a dark cupboard or closet and sleep just to practice going to sleep in the middle of the day. Wow. Like just to practice the skill of having a sh really short nap. So it's its own, like, yeah. I, would never, I would never think, oh, here's my training program. I've got my running sessions, my swimming sessions, my sleeping sessions. Sleep. Like, so sleep why didn't you practice that before, Soph? Like, well, why didn't? 
I decided it too, but two days before it was happening and I was busy. You had two days to practice your power napping. What is, what was going on? What was going through your mind? I'll I'll know for next time. Yes. So is it structured into your marathon training prep? (laughs) Will there be naps on the road marathon? (laughs) Maybe, maybe, but I (laughs) a bed downstairs um, with some sheets and some towels and I had to stay out and what I did was I'd come back in, have a drink, uh, yeah, basically just had water, went to the toilet and then I would set a 22-minute timer because by that point it was like 35 past the hour, 22 minutes, I don't know the maths, basically a short timer and I would almost be asleep and then it would just, the alarm would go off. And like getting up at like 2 or 3 a.m. after you've run for like an hour or two, and you're really awful like 29 degrees that day so I don't know what it was at that point but so humid and hot and then just going out to run in the pitch black by yourself in your backyard again like it was just there was nothing I've wanted to do less than that activity at that point like this is not fun like I want to sleep and I just couldn't sleep so I didn't consider the fact that I wouldn't sleep I just thought I just I just would and it wouldn't be hard and I thought I'd wake up feeling refreshed and ready to go and be lovely but it was not that at all so like yeah, lucky you didn't know. I mean that's awful. Mm. Like that's a horrible. That's a horrible feeling. That's insane. I remember we discussed a little bit about the bed, and mm. what the situation would be. Yeah. Would you have a shower? Yeah. Would you lie on towels? Like would you change clothes every time? Like there's a lot of logistics mm. as well. Yeah. Um, what do you think was the hardest from the logistics sort of perspective? Well, I think I was very lucky, obviously, because in a normal race scenario, you don't do it from your house. So mm. I was very lucky to have full range of clothes a shower a full working kitchen I had the house to myself all of that so I think logistically that was all fine I didn't have to I didn't get lost obviously on the course all of those things that you would normally no navigation no map yeah, it was all very straightforward so I guess I think logistically probably well I think to be honest logistically it was simple right like there was mm. no real outside factors there was nothing really sleeping food sleep. yeah sleeping and then I guess the, the issue with the food was that I was in isolation so I you know before a race or an event you'd probably go out and do a bit of shopping and get some like bananas and some nice things that you normally have for your uh, snacks so I didn't get to do that so I was a little bit short on food but I, I mean I did quite well I had some supplies which was good um, so I guess food and sleep were the two issues and then the heat as well but again I was very lucky because I had a freezer so in between each lap I would have a, ta- a wet towel in the freezer and then I'd run with that around me. Um, but basically once the sun came up, it cooled down like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, you, I don't know what the concept's called, but when the sun comes up and all the dew evaporates or whatever, it cooled things down really nicely. Um, yeah. So from like 6am till about 10am, I was loving it. I was thriving. I was doing the full laps with the gravel so I just got my distance. Chunky rocks went yeah. back on. So good. I think I was getting like an extra K each lap. It's a lot. Well, partly because I was just like enjoying it a bit more, I think, but then also partly because I could, I wasn't turning as turning around as often. So between six and ten was prime. That I was loving it. People were waking up, so I was hearing from people. Um, people were starting to like see it all and catching up on the previous stories and understanding what was happening. So that was really nice. Um, so six to ten was my prime. Loved it. And then it got really hot. So as I said, I think it was twenty nine. Um, and obviously. It, it's interesting because normally if, if we were doing a race on a 29 degree day, most of the time you're running from 6am till, I don't know, maybe 10am if it's a marathon. Yes. Yeah. But you so you never really do it right no, in the peak. You don't yeah. often run between 11 and three when it's like prime UV time. Um, mm. So yeah, it was really, really warm. Um, so that was probably the next challenge, I think. 
Wow. So you've spoken a bit about probably the worst part. I mean, there's potentially more, I'm not sure, but, Mm -hmm. but you said that waking up or not even fully falling asleep and then having to get up. And then your best parts were when the sun came up, temperature dropped that little bit during those really difficult times. Do you feel like you reached a mental limit? Mm, Great question. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it was really, I hated it a lot, but I think I'm not sure why, what kept me going. I think it was honestly, I think it was knowing that people were checking in um, and getting on board with it, which was really helpful. But I don't think I quite found, I, it was interesting because I, at that morning section, when I was feeling good, I was like, I wonder if surely I could just do this again tomorrow. Like, Oh my gosh. How would I stop tonight? Like, 48 hours next time I was like planning all this stuff and like this is cool like and it was actually so funny because a helicopter came over and I was like oh they've heard about it I'm gonna be on the news (laughs) and I was like like my form increased so nicely I had such a nice stride I was like hey helicopter like just get your footage of me it's granny would be proud he was proud actually one note on granny I set the phone up along the fence I had my bluetooth headphones in and every time I'd run past because obviously I was doing a lot of laps (gasps) She would oh. go past and she'd go, oh, 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 what was that? What was that? Oh. <laughs> so, granny, that was me again for the thousandth <laughs> time. Um, so that was very sweet. So she was very helpful in entertaining me. Um, oh. But, yeah, I think in terms of reaching mental battle, it was really hard and I really didn't enjoy a lot of it. But then I think coming back in and being inside and, like, having some nice food and some water and cooling down a bit, having the fan on, talking to people, it kind of, like, gave me enough to go back out and I think the 30 minutes was just long enough I think potentially if I had done the hour maybe I would have found the limit then but it was almost like that first 10 minutes was kind of nice because I was feeling relatively fresh it was okay I was enjoying it middle 10 minutes real struggle and then mm-hmm. the last 10 minutes, I was like okay like surely I can run for 10 minutes like it can't be that bad I can get it done and then I come in refresh go again so I think the time frame was probably really helpful in yeah quite getting that but I think yeah anything longer even f- someone suggested 40 minutes on 20 off I think that would have really made a difference so I think I just had the right sort of threshold with that um, mm. definitely mentally challenging definitely like the hardest thing in terms of staying motivated and not just giving up that I've ever done but yeah I think there's more more to give it's it's really tricky isn't it because if you were to say yes I hit my mental limit mm. I mean that in itself is such a limiting thing to say. I don't think I any do endurance. Else after this. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know that any endurance athlete, we always say we want to find our limits, right? Yeah. But do we actually, yeah. or do we just want to like teeter on the edge and just constantly push, push and just sort of see what happens. Um, but I can't imagine many people finishing an event and sort of being like, that was it. That's mm. it. That's all I've got to give ever. I think it must just be sort of people who are drawn to these sort of events uh, or this sort of activity mm-hmm. sport, yeah. you know, that type A, but just craving, craving the next challenge. But beyond that, that as well, as we just said, you know, finding the limit, but maybe not, maybe just being as close to it as possible. You know, how far can you go until you break? Right. right? Mm. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good thought. Actually. I think it is quite addictive. Anyone that's gotten into running knows how much, you know you feel so good after it so you just want to like keep going keep going and Mm. um it's yeah quite uh can be can become quite obsessive but I think 
I think people do just want to know how far they can go. And I don't know, like, I don't know how many people would actually find that point. Like, how do you actually know mm. that this is it? I've done it. Like, I don't know if you could ever actually know that, but I think it is just that constant pursuit of wanting more and wanting to challenge yourself and figuring out how far you can go and whether or not you mm. ever find that point. I think it's kind of irrelevant. I think it's more about just continuing to push the boundary. Yeah. Yeah. I think Chris Murphy says something quite poignant on our episode with him talking about um, his backyard ultra um, in the States, Big's backyard, and saying that all of us that day found our limit on that day, except I might be quoting something wrong, except mm. the winner, which That's is right. so interesting because we don't normally look at it in that light. Uh, and obviously what you're doing was not a race it was just with yourself but I guess framing it in that was my limit for that day like if you were to be pulled off or injured or whatnot I think the way a lot of endurance athletes tend to frame it and I I, I don't know if it's because we're hopeful or we're just really ambitious or we're kicking ourselves I'm not sure but the idea of well these are the circumstances on this day like it wasn't my day but I'm hungry for more and I'm ready for the next thing. Yeah, no, I think that's a great way to put it. I think, yeah, circumstances and context um, make such a difference. So, yeah, potentially if I had been feeling a little bit more sorry for myself, maybe I would have found it. Maybe I would have given up or walked or stopped and then found my limit that way. Or maybe if I was feeling even better, I would have, you know, run a little bit faster or gone a little bit further and found it that way. So, yeah, I think it is very dependent on so many different factors. But, Mm. um, yeah, no, I'm definitely looking for the next challenge that's for sure wow um and then what about physically you said at the start that you don't think physically it was nearly as challenging as it was mentally what about the chafing tell us about that oh you're right look yes okay so obviously stuck in iso so i couldn't go shopping but i realized i checked my body guide and there was very minimal Mm. there was like nothing left basically so i I didn't realize that i just assumed that it sweat it off no 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 oh you've got to go and catch up on all the live streams oh um, <laughs> um yeah so not much body glad so and probably yeah a, a number of things but in my mind I was thinking if I so basically when Lydia and I chatted before I was we were talking about the sleeping situation and I said oh why don't I just have a shower each lap and get changed but obviously I don't have 24 sets of clothes slash the capability to wash and dry those clothes in that time or anything like yeah. that so I, the thought of having a nice, cold, refreshing shower and then putting back on my sweaty clothes, I just I would rather just stay sweaty and gross than go through that. So that wasn't an option either. So I kind of mapped out my showers. I think I ended up with maybe five or six throughout the day. Um, so that was a nice sort of refresher. But I thought in my mind, okay, I'm changing clothes that, that many times. So surely like the materials are a little bit different. They're in different positions. So like I won't be chafed because things will just be different areas um but I don't know at what point I realized I was chafed but once I realized it oh uh. I think I, I think I had a shower probably about four or five in the afternoon and you know if you've been chafed oh you know about it when you get in the shower the burning the stinging oh so much I mean to be honest it only stings for like a couple of seconds and then it kind of calms yes. down which is okay True. but just that initial stepping into shower and just like because it was kind of everywhere so I couldn't just like avoid the area oh. um but yeah. man, not fun. Hey, like that's such a, like, not underrated. What's the word where it's, you know, people don't realize it's such an annoying mm. thing. Like, well, often overlooked, right? Like, yeah. and because if you haven't um, run, you know, whatever distance yet or in a certain circumstances, whether like that affects it too, mm. clothing, et cetera, you sort of have that 
feeling, oh, I'll be right. Like, oh, I'll be fine. I remember, I think I told you this once getting chafed because uh, I wore my running vest with just a crop top yeah. and no T-shirt underneath it. Oh. And like blisters on my ribs. And I was awful. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it was so gross. But I was just so naive. I was like, oh, I've had chafing before, but I've never had chafing for my hydration vest. Yeah, that's because you've never, never run, <laughs> run in it for 30Ks yeah. with a crop top. Like yeah. probably not a smart idea. But then also obviously, you know, there was only so much, so many resources that you had at the time to, yeah. to avoid it. Exactly. Yeah. So that was annoying. But I think the worst part was I was so looking forward to obviously finishing. And part of the thought of finishing was I'm going to have my final shower. I'm going to get into some comfy clothes, go to bed. But then once I realized how much this shower was going to sting. Oh, no. And part of me was like, I'll just shower tomorrow. I can't go through the pain. It's like, I just can't. Oh, obviously. I was so stinky by this point. Oh like, my gosh. I wouldn't have slept. Like it just would have been, I could Imagine if you didn't shower. <laughs> well, I was so exhausted too. Like the thought of showering, I just couldn't be bothered. I did. Anyway, I did. <laughs> I'm but glad. By the time I'd, so that was at around midnight, I had my shower. Because everything else was so uncomfortable and I was so exhausted, I honestly don't know if it stung or not. I didn't, didn't notice it stinging. So that was great. I think I was so out of it by that point that. I didn't even notice. So it was fine. And then the chafing was wow. fine the next few days. So it wasn't too bad. At the time, that those couple of showers, not great. But by the end, couldn't care less. I just wanted to be <laughs> over. So that was a little Gosh. Gross. Um, So, yeah, so chafing was part of it. In terms of other physical issues, body felt great. And, again, Lydia and I had our phone call beforehand and Lydia's physio brain was telling me <laughs> potentially rethink or reconsider with my injury history, we know last mm. year I ended up injured after a couple of ultras um, and I just kind of ran through it and it didn't end up great for me. So Lydia very sensibly was thinking potentially may not be the best thing. Make sure you're careful. Is that what I said? I don't know exactly how you were. I said no. I said absolutely not. <laughs> I said do not. Do not do that. I'm going to wear camping. You better not run an ultra in your backyard. Yeah. And then... I come out of the bush in the middle of the day on Saturday yeah. and you've already got it planned and the course is mapped out. Look, yeah, you did tell me don't do it. But like, that's boring, right? Anyway. so I love how you just forgot that conversation. I definitely blocked it out. Hey, I remember you bringing it up, but I just thought you were more like, oh, maybe just think about it. But I clearly had already thought about it and I was just doing You were locked it. in. Yeah, I hadn't really let any other opinions in. Um, so definitely that was a consideration and a concern. Um <laughs> especially with the all of the turns obviously my body's not used to that so it's a whole new training load a new stimulus um whether or not my tissues could handle it was a big question but i'm happy to say touch wood what are we now like i'm three or four weeks later and i'm feeling good my body updates one day post event were really sore balls of my feet um so yeah my feet were sore and i'm imagining I was literally like stopping and pushing off my feet oh, every yeah. few seconds. So that was that. Yeah. And then just really like achy joints in my like mm-hmm. knee joints. Both of them felt the same, just really like stiff and achy. And often I hear people say, oh, my knees are really stiff and achy. I'm like, oh, what do you mean? But I know what they mean. Oh, like I felt it. You don't get that. <laughs> like my knee injury was like totally different. This was just like yeah. stiff. Yeah, that's um, my life. So <laughs> it's because I'm older than you. <laughs> very mature. Yes. Um, I'm very youthful. Um, so that was it. So balls my feet, sore knees for about 24 hours. And then I was okay. Apart from the oh. like, muscle soreness or joint soreness that I felt, what I did feel physically was very 
ill and very unwell. Now, let me paint another picture for you all. For any of our festival heads out there or any of our youths that like to party. (laughs) Not (laughs) us. (laughs) Take yourself back to your three or four day festival in the middle of summer, right? We're day four. We're about to pack up and go home. No one slept. No one's drunk any water. Everyone's drank too much alcohol. It's been 40 degrees. You're covered in dirt and sweat. Yep. Okay. That's a bit of glitter, a bit of eco glitter. Yeah, a bit of eco glitter. Good touch. Um, That's how I felt, minus the glitter. Um, I felt nauseous. I felt hungry. I felt hot. I felt just so uncomfortable. Like, just, I wasn't sore. I was just unwell. Like, yeah. A combination of not sleeping, but I mean, I, like uh, people stay up for that long sometimes. I wasn't used to it, obviously, but a combination of not sleeping, being active for that duration, the heat, probably not drinking or hydrating enough. I did use Tailwind. Thank you very yeah. much, Tailwind. It was very useful, but I just think I didn't get enough in. Like I kept, I got very distracted by Instagram and talking to people and I would just be like, oh gosh, I haven't drunk anything this time. So <laughs> definitely should have had a bit more, but the lemon and tropical combination was mm. great. Use our code if you'd like some it's in the link below. Um, so that was really good but yeah basically hungry thirsty tired Mm. hot sweaty gross because obviously with the tailwind um, combination you are getting a mixture of electrolytes and carbs but Mm. when you're running for that long it's almost impossible to not end up being in a deficit and as you just expressed you weren't um, you didn't have a chance to go shopping beforehand you're sort of just going on whatever you could find in the house Mm. which there were some potatoes in the freezer thank goodness Um, and amazing that you had tailwind yeah Uh, but to not run in a deficit, it would be almost impossible. Like it's such mm. a long time, mm. the heat, the sleep. I mean, your sleep is like your best friend when it comes to recovery. So mm. it's not surprising that you felt nauseous. I mean, mm. the dehydration was extreme, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, yeah, there were so many factors to it. And I was, I weighed myself before Ooh, and then throughout a couple times, just as a bit of research. Cause I know when I, the only other experience I've had with it was when I volunteered at GNW and I was at the 100K checkpoint and they, the 100 milers had to get weighed. And if they had lost a certain amount of weight, they had to like stay around for a bit, try and eat it or drink it. And if they didn't make it, they couldn't keep going. So I was like, oh, it'd be really interesting to see how this changes in terms of just fluid loss. And what I, was the um, amount for GNW, the cutoff? Do you know what it was? I ha- 10% is in my mind. Oh, okay. Hmm. But that seems quite a lot. It does. Like seven yeah. kilos. Seven kilos. So maybe it was five percent. Five percent might be more realistic. Thanks um, for the maths. I think five percent. Okay. So if you're seventy kilos, three and a half kilos, and I, I will. Uh, so I'm trying to think of the maths. I'll just be completely transparent. I was seventy three at the start, and then I was seventy one point. I was low seventy ones. So I'd lost wow. about two kilos. Um, it's insane. So quite a lot. So I obviously did not hydrate or fuel anywhere near enough so that obviously contributed um so that's something to be mindful of in the next yeah um yeah so that was a bit interesting the next event so well isn't that why we're here to announce the event oh that is um where's that at by the way (laughs) um in my backyard (laughs) so when i say where's it at i mean where is it at in the organization phase like have entries been released yet are they open is it pre-sale you know, what's the pricing? Who are the sponsors? Oh, gosh, Give me so the many dates. questions. So many questions. Okay, so the 3030 Ultra is happening, right? Okay, everyone, bear with me. Imagine, can we just set the scene? I'm going to paint another. Yeah. This is your third picture for the 
the day. Gosh, I love the pictures. All right, so we're in a lovely campground, right? So we've got some nice facilities. We've got some nice toilets to use if we need to, but we've got a lovely (laughs) campground, a nice flat one-kilometre track with some Uh, trees, a nice little breeze, a little lake to swim in nearby. Now we've got three different events happening, a six-hour, a 12-hour, and a 24-hour challenge, 30 minutes on, 30 minutes off. You've got to see as you have to get the maximum distance within those time frames as you can, but you must wow. stop at 30 minutes. So we're going to have a big buzzer going off at 30 minutes. You need to stop exactly where you are. We're going to have some volunteers measuring at what point you are along the course. Then you're going to go recover, rejuvenate, try and sleep if you can. If you yep, and then you're going to go again. And that's I'll be on the buzzer as well. Lydia is chief buzzer. Um, yep. I am chief t-shirt giver out of Oh, nice. And um, yeah, so sign up below. No, not really. But like it's happening. So if anyone uh, is in into event organization, please reach out. Mm. Well, it is happening. Someone. We are actually organizing it. We are. And I have chatted with someone and they are um, in the know, actually part of the GNW organization team. So they have got some good uh, research knowledge behind them. So nice. Good. So it's, it's in the work. So if you are interested, if, it feel, if you feel like this is appealing to you, please let us know because we would like to start getting a bit of a list of mm. entries. Um, we have had a few people keen. And also a shout out to Nick who ran his own mini yes. ultra in his backyard. Well, not ultra. He did a few laps in his backyard, with <laughs> me, which was so nice. So thank yeah. you. So Amazing. I'm assuming you're signing up for the event. Also, I think Peter will be keen for the event. Surely Flash Rat's going to be there. Like, guys, the whole gang will be there. So if you're yeah. not already- Lara? Lara's yeah, here. Oh, Lara, of course. She's going to do her own one at home if she gets stuck in ISO. So, oh my gosh. Taking off. It's happening. Um, so, yeah, we will give you some more info as it comes, but that's the update. Gosh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to be transparent. I don't think I'm going to sign up for the 24 hour, just so you know, okay. right away. Week. I know. I think I am. Um, <laughs> it sounds really hard. I don't I know. know if you've sold it to me, Soph. It sounds awful. But <laughs> you know what? Even though I've just said that, I'm like already fleshing out in my mind mm. how I'm going to do it. So. <laughs> Strategy. <laughs> yeah. You just don't want to tell everyone you're doing it. Like yeah, it's the, yeah, it's the ego, it's the you know. Yeah. I'm nervous to let people down. But um, I think I'm going to practice my sleeping, to be honest. I think Good at start. this point in my injury recovery, I'm not up to doing any running. So if there's something I can yeah, do, it is game. some practice sleep practice. That's a really good idea. I think it might give me an edge, to be honest. That could be the missing piece. Yeah. Yeah. And I do like heat running in the middle of the day. That is your forte. So um, it could be good. Uh, I think that it would be nice to do it with someone. Definitely. Well, it's going to be a group event, so everyone's going to be there. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I, I'm not, if I go into isolation again, look, we weren't going to mention this. This is my second isolation in a month, but um, if I go into isolation again, I'm definitely not planning on running that distance. Um, totally fair. I, will, I was inspired though. I will say, cool. uh, in fact, just, this was, this is what I was inspired to do. In fact, so I'm on my walk run at the moment and I'm in a little sort of apartment townhouse thing. And, um, you know, I was like, Oh, I'm sad in isolation how frustrating I've still got my walk run program to do which is you know it's not it's not much um it's 30 minutes three times a week and I you know I could have not done it but I thought of you Soph Mm. and I did it so I've got a little a loop uh it's probably to be honest it's probably like 200 meters because it's like a nice it's big it's massive it's very big yeah so 
oh, I don't know how far it is really. I think in a minute I get two laps done. Oh, it's definitely not 200 meters. Oh, you're quick. <laughs> it's easy. Much yeah, it's, faster than me. It's probably like 100 meters, let's be honest. Okay. Because I'm running like, I can't really run much more than a six minute pace because there is like a few little narrow bits that I've got to get through. But mm. every time I go through the little narrow bits and little turns, I think of you so. Oh, so thank you. Um, just know that you are inspiring your audience, me being your audience, um, and me being your number one fan. So I am inspired and I will think of you. And I do think of you when I do my <laughs> my isolation vlog. <laughs> Probably because I'm on the phone to you when I'm doing it. Maybe that's why. <laughs> are we ever not talking? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Anyway, enough, enough. Um, mm. Have you got any more questions for me? Are we wrapping it up? I think oh, I haven't even said how far I got. Drum roll. 57. <laughs> wow. That was the announcement. 57. And 57. Also- for this podcast, I brought up my Strava to like check it out. Mm. Oh yes, have a little look at the. So I'm going to give you a bit of a rundown of pace averages. So yeah, let's see. Off, we're about 15. I was going to say 15 k's an hour. That would be great. 15 <laughs> minutes per kilometer. <laughs> um, but then I really slowed down to 23. Really sort of struggling at that point. And then yeah. I was finding my groove. 12:45, 10, wow. 9:25, 9:17. Nice. 9:17 was my peak. And then um 9.15, so that was the PB, the PB yeah, lap. And what time of day was that? Well, it was lap number, or sorry, it was kilometre number 25. So, so halfway, middle of the day. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, Maybe I was like trying to get out of the until then. Yeah, okay. true. That was probably 11 a.m.-ish. What was your peak? Um, yeah, I really liked that time. I mean, I, look, in summary, as Lydia would say, <laughs> I'm glad I did it. It was really, it was really nice to like connect with everyone is what I enjoyed which is so ironic Mm. because I was stuck at home by myself but I felt so connected and I felt like just I had all these people that were joining in and they were all so nice and so supportive and checking in see how I was going um so that was like the best part of it and I would do it again just for like the community so imagine Mm -hmm. when we take it to the world the world stage and when we can actually do it together and run together and like support each other in real life like rather than me just looking at the screen (laughs) <laughs> um, I got very sick of seeing myself on the screen, but I just thought, you know, I'd updated for 17 other hours. So why would I just stop? So there's lots of updates. If you would like to see the live updates, check out our Instagram at Stronger Stride. There are two highlights. You can have a lovely scroll through hours of entertainment. So much entertainment. So much. Um, do you have any final advice for our listeners? Yes, I think I do. I think my advice would be if you're going to tackle something similar, stock up on some body glide. Nice. Stock up on some tailwind and Good. actually drink it and drink it regularly all the time. Yeah. Sip it constantly. Um, and then my third piece, I'm going to keep it nice and short, body glide, tailwind. Finally, why wait? Oh, gosh. I moved. This has been my quote for years, right? No, it, not oh, years. We should retrace our Facebook Messenger steps. <laughs> I've said uh, it for ages. Basically, why wait? Six like months. just do things, and and I think, like just mm. stop thinking about it. I could have put yeah. that. Up. I could have just not just. I could have thought, no, nah, that's just too much. But just like, just take the first step. Just walk outside. Yeah. Put your shoes on. Go and do it. I'm not going to say just do it because that's overused. But my phrase reframing that is why wait. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. I really very very inspiring. I think the hardest part is often the first step. So. Mm. 
I mean, that's procrastination, right? We do it with so many things. Mm. Um, I'm going to not, I'm going to try not to waffle on, but yeah, as you said, why wait? I think that's just the perfect summary. If there's something you want to do, why wait? Get out and do it and give it a go. Uh, if you do have any more questions, guys, send them through. We're happy to answer. Um, or if you have any more questions about Tailwind, we actually have an episode with Gavin, who is the Tailwind guru. Uh, and he talks all about how the nutrition works because a lot of people use things like gels, and then electrolyte separately. But the idea with Tailwind is it's a liquid formula. It's a powder that gets converted to a liquid. <laughs> converted. Some magical converted. Wow. Well, you add water to it. So it becomes like a liquid. I've, we've got on about this. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, but the idea is that the liquid consumption is a lot easier to digest, uh, more gentle on the gut. So a really great way to go for your endurance endeavors. Um, so if you have any questions about that, great episode to check out that was early on in the piece and then other nutrition episodes we've had chapo come on talk all about nutrition we had tyson the trainer talk a bit more about goal setting food nutrition and then we also had macabolic or Mackenzie baker from the macabolic podcast so there you go choose for nutrition um any questions if, about training Gosh, yes. we go all our podcasts. well yes if you're interested in these sort of events definitely check out chris murphy's episode because he is yes. the australian backyard ultra king yeah. Also, if you enjoy other endurance events, definitely check out Melissa Robertson's episode. Also, Yoasha Zakshevsky, two female incredible endurance athletes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, just listen to all the episodes, really. Also, so many good ones coming. Like, we've booked in, like, the next five, I think, are locked in. And yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like, a whole nother level. You guys just yeah. strap yourselves in. Click your seatbelts on. or Click your window shut. <laughs> window as I say. Get ready. It's happening. Oh, I'm honestly so excited. I'm so, so excited. I almost want to announce them all. I'm like, oh, we can't announce them yet. But oh. I almost want to. Like, can we? Can we tell everyone? I don't know. I don't know the rules. We make yeah. them. Yeah. So, oh, gosh. Maybe. We'll just see. We we'll, might we'll do some a little bit of a teaser. teaser. Yeah. I think yeah. To, isn't that what they do, like, in the industry, you know? Keep people in waiting. Industry. Yeah. hungry for it. Yeah. Um, and also, mm. looking for a new singlet. We're your gals. We do. Breathable, lightweight, chafe mm. free. Odor right. free. I didn't get to test it. Imagine that. I could have worn the singlet for 24 hours straight. I could have added to the enjoyment. Anyway, <laughs> it definitely would have. Time. <laughs> um, anyway, let us know, guys, your thoughts, feedback. Send us a message, a DM, an email, all the good things. Subscribe, comment, leave us a review. You can do that on Apple and Gosh, you guys Spotify. Are gonna be busy. Yeah, you guys are going to be busy, but we're busy too. So yeah, if I can run for 24 hours, you guys can like spend one minute clicking a few things, you know? Yeah. A few little clicks, click, clack all the way to the back. As I say, all we ask is you give us a few clicks. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend and enjoy the rest of your running career. Career. Great. Cool. All right. Thanks guys. Love you. Bye. (laughs)